You're listening to All Things Video, the podcast dedicated to uncovering the past and charting the future of the online video ecosystem. You're listening to All Things Video. I'm your host, James Creech, and today's guest is Larissa Ryden, VP of Strategic Partnerships at Tiltify. Larissa, welcome to the show. Hey, James. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to get to chat with you today. I thought we'd kick things off um, by traveling a little bit back in time. So you started your career in marketing for the hospitality industry. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what initially attracted you to that career path? Well, I was a bartender in college and uh, peak of the economy. So I just continued with that trajectory and uh, focused more on the, the marketing side of the house. But I loved it. You know, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, early 2000s, late 1990s. And so it was a blast. Very good. And then you transitioned into working uh, for nonprofits, including Children's Home Network, St. Jude Children's Hospital, Autism Speaks. What drew you to activism and philanthropy? Oh, gosh. Um, it's an interesting question. And so I, I've been thinking a lot about that lately. And you know, I'd always been drawn to making the world a better place, right? But never really considered the nonprofit sector. And I started to think more about that and realized it was connected um, to me being adopted, oddly enough. So uh, I was adopted at birth and uh, I knew that my biological mother was very young, 17. And so I always had this desire to make an impact on the world, right? I was lucky to be alive. I knew she made a difficult decision. So you know, to give me a better life. So I wanted to make the best use of it. Didn't know what that meant. Didn't know how that came to life. Um, but was working in hospitality marketing, like you said, planned a fundraiser and discovered an organization called the Children's Home, which interestingly um, is works with foster and adopted kids. And so they had a position open. I took that job and never looked back and just realized, you know, this is how I'm going to leave my mark. Um, you know, I spent 15 years in the nonprofit sector and now I've transitioned to Tiltify, which is not nonprofit. Uh, it's a for-profit tech company, but we're still driving social impact and making the world a better place. That's amazing. So you connected your personal experience, your story to having an impact, right? Finding a way to share that and give back. Right. Exactly. Very cool. And how did you make your way to DC? So that I was working for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and uh, working in their Tampa office. And the CEO um, said, hey, we, we'd like to move you to a regional office. And at first, uh, wanted me to move to Miami, which was not necessarily a place I, I wanted to move. I, you know, born and raised in Tampa, didn't want to move south and uh, gave me the selection of a couple other uh, regions. And I had just gone to visit DC and had fallen in love with it. And so when, you know, that was on the list, it was a no brainer and uh, moved here uh, seven years ago and have loved every minute of it, probably would never move back to Florida. Um, so we're super happy in this space. Awesome. Good to hear. So you most recently served as Vice President of Strategic and Brand Partnerships for the United Way. What were some of the most impactful projects you worked on during your time there? For sure. So I had an interesting role there where I oversaw a whole bunch of different departments. And really, a lot of my job was spent designing social impact strategies for Fortune 500 companies. And the one I am 100% most proud of, this is the easiest question ever, is a program I co-developed with Lyft uh, called Ride United. So it was back in 2018. They were trying to figure out, you know, who do we stand for as a, a brand? What should we do? And 
it was pretty natural for them to say, you know, we want to provide transportation to people who need it. And uh, coincidentally, United Way had a program or still has a program called 211, which is the three digit call number you can call anywhere uh, in the country and it connects you to community resources. And we were getting a lot of calls from people who needed transportation. So it was a match made in heaven, right? Um, seems like it was an easy connection, but it was much harder to get there. Um, looking back, I was like, oh, this is, why didn't we think of this before? Um, but we launched a program with Lyft where they offered free rides to people who called 211 and qualified. Started with uh, medical appointments. So obviously if you have cancer and you can't get to your chemotherapy treatment, um, how are you gonna get better? Um, job interviews, how are you gonna get a job if you can't get to the interview? Um, and then also did some work, um, you know, getting to voting booths um, and then, you know, later uh, vaccine appointments. So the program really expanded and we added some new partners uh, right before the pandemic hit, one of those being DoorDash. Uh, and we were like, we should test grocery deliveries with this. And so little did we know how much of an impact that would have. Uh, so when all of those food banks um, had lines around the building, we were able to raise our hand and say, I think we have a program that can help uh, get those groceries to the people who need it. So, I mean, that one has impacted millions of people um, and really kind of changed their lives. So I'm super proud of that one. Um, and I continue to track it. I think they actually just launched a, a pilot with PetSmart to get uh, you know, pet food to, to people who need it as well. That's amazing. Wow. And, and you know, we, I think we've observed a trend of more brands wanting to be affiliated with or show their support for these social causes, right? Um, particularly over the last, call it 18 to 24 months, uh, social justice movements in the US, all these other causes that need time and attention, but also resources, right? And oftentimes a brand can be that partner and bring to bear some significant resources to spread the word or help drive action. So for brands that are interested in participating more or um, showing their support for these types of causes, what do you recommend? Oh, sure. It's kind of interesting. So I've been in the cause marketing space for a long time. So for me, you know, if you're a brand and you don't have a social impact strategy that's tying to your marketing initiatives, you should probably fire your CMO. But, um, you know, that's just me because I've been in this space for a while. Um, but I think the interesting thing that's happening right now, and we're definitely seeing this on Tiltify, is kind of two major trends converging. Um, companies, especially consumer-facing brands, are spending a lot of money um, around social causes, right? You, your brand needs to stand for something. Um, as you know, when you have two comparable products, um, if one is making the world a better place, consumers are probably gonna go with the one that's making the world a better place, right? Um, brands are also investing a lot of money in influencer marketing, right? Um, so we're seeing a lot more dollars being spent there. Uh, so what I love seeing here at Tiltify is those two things converging. So you have major content creators who are launching live streams and doing fundraising on their own accord and raising more money. Um, it's crazy. I mean, they're raising millions and millions of dollars in the matter of minutes and their community rallies behind them. Um, so my advice to brands is to really look to that space and the intersection of those two as kind of the future because you know, as a brand, you can sponsor a creator, um, but it's much more authentic and means a lot more in the community if you are supporting either a cause that the creator cares about, or if you are making donations in this space 
to causes that align with who you stand for. Um, so that would be my biggest advice. And that's really kind of the trajectory that I see uh, a lot of things going in the corporate space. Yeah. And how do you make sure either as someone as a creator or perhaps as a potential donor, when you evaluate these things, how do you make sure the brand isn't just paying lip service to this cause or just writing a check, right? How do they, how does the brand demonstrate that they're really behind this mission? I think it has to tie with who they stand for. Um, you know, one story that I love, uh, I can't take credit for designing this program, but it's, uh, it's one that I helped to expand. It was UPS. So what a brand is thinking about who they are and what they stand for. You know, we asked UPS the question, you know, what's your superpower? What makes you unique? And their answer was, we are the eyes and the ears of the community. Because their drivers are in every neighborhood, right? They see everything. So when thinking about what cause makes the most sense, um, oddly came up with anti-human trafficking, right? So they're able, they train their drivers on how to spot the signs of human trafficking and started making investments uh, around that. So to me, that is something that's authentic. You've identified who you are as a company, where you can make a difference, same with Lyft and transportation, and start to invest your dollars there. Um, and then when you do make investments in those types of initiatives, it is very authentic, right? It's driving who you stand for. It's driving things you care about. Um, so I think it's really important for brands to consider that when they're building their social impact strategy and not just donating dollars everywhere. Yeah, that's awesome. And it, it might not always be obvious, right? Like in that UPS example, you might not initially think of, okay, package delivery and, and stopping human trafficking. And yet they had a unique ability to help solve or, or attack that problem. So that's really, yeah, that's really powerful. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Tiltify, right? For those who aren't familiar, what is it? And how did you find out about the company and make your way there? Sure. So what is it? It's an online fundraising platform. And so a lot of top content creators, brands and charities use it um, to raise funds on, on social media platforms. Uh, primarily, the largest ones we see are YouTube, Twitch, uh, TikTok. We actually operate the donation button on TikTok. So if you're fundraising on TikTok, you're fundraising on Tiltify. Um, and then, of course, you know Instagram and, and Facebook. And so what makes Tiltify unique in the space is the features and engagement tools we have. So um, we actually have tools and features that allow the creator or the fundraiser um, to interact more with their audience um, in a very, uh, in a great way. And so that actually tends to drive more dollars raised um, three times more than our competitors actually. So I was a client of Tiltify um, when I was at United Way. Uh, St. Jude is a longtime client of Tiltify. So I was familiar with them, but not um, part of that program when I was at St. Jude and uh, slowly started working more and more with Tiltify and actually had a pretty incredible campaign that we launched with them right at the start of COVID. Uh, so it was April. Uh, so things were just starting to, to bubble up. People didn't really know what to do. Uh, and I reached out to Tiltify and I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm heading up United Way's global COVID response. Um, what are you seeing on the platform? And Michael, CEO at Toltify said, actually, Jack Septic, I just reached out to us and said he wanted to do something. I was like, perfect. Uh, so we, United Way, uh, Red Nose Day and United Nation Foundation collaborated with him on an initiative called Hope From Home. And so it was one of the first uh, kind of virtual fundraisers um, you know, with COVID and we raised $2 million um, in, in the course of hours. So uh, when that happened, I learned a lot more about Tiltify and, and really became a huge fan and saw a lot of opportunity. 
it's of course when uh, the opportunity arose to come work for Tiltify, um, you know, I, I couldn't say no. And so I'm really excited to, to be in this role now. That's amazing. I, especially if you're a creator and you want to make a difference, right? Uh, it's probably, you know, where do you start, right? How do you figure out, okay, how do I accept donations from my fans? How do I do this in an appropriate, responsible way? I imagine there's probably some compliance aspects that they need to navigate. So to have a simple tool where it's, you know, here you go, creators, plug and play kind of out of the box. We've, we've uh, streamlined this for you. That's fantastic. And then also for causes, right? It sounds like you're doing some of this matchmaking too, where you're saying, you know, the perfect equation is where you bring together a talented creator with, the, you know, a passion for a cause, um, a brand, right? That wants to amplify that message or bring some additional assets and value to the, to the table. And then a cause, which, you know, wants to, to reach that audience. So um, it sounds like there's a little bit more than just the technology being brought to bear. It's, you know, the, the, the human connection and the, the, the team layer that helps connect all of these disparate pieces. Absolutely. And, and we sit at this interesting intersection where the brands are coming to us saying, this is what we want to activate. Creators are coming to us and saying, this is how we want to activate. And then we're working hand in hand with the uh, majority of the charities, um, definitely all of the big ones. And so we are exactly able to do that. We're able to match make and, and pull things together and say, great. Um, I think this is a brand that might be interested in supporting XYZ cause. Um, and I think these are creators that we know are, are looking for something to support. Amazing. So going beyond nonprofits and charities, do you also see creators fundraising uh, for political candidates? We do, uh, not on Tiltify. So we okay. actually don't have C4s um, on our platform, but we're seeing a little bit of that. Um, I think creators are very sensitive. Majority of them, the big ones are sensitive about uh, political affiliation and how that impacts their community. So they have a tendency to, I think, lean more into um, humanitarian causes, things of that nature. Yeah. And how you know, is the overall environment, social environment, but also these advances in technologies changing the way that we give, right? You've got this kind of growth of online communities and these real close-knit you know, associations or, or communities of people that have strong beliefs and might support a cause. Are we seeing, you know, changes in the way that we give as a result of uh, these broader cultural shifts? I think so. Um, definitely a changing in where you're going to give and how you're giving, right? So what was interesting about 2020, lots of things changed with 2020. Um, you know, this is just one of many, but, you know, we were all forced to isolate, right, and eliminate in-person interactions. So a lot of giving happened at galas, at political fundraisers, at, um, you know, run walks, all of those things. And so charities and even donors had to start looking for other ways to connect to virtual communities. So from the fundraising aspect, um, charities, all of the ones that I work for had been, you know, doing digital transformations for years, right? The pandemic actually forced them to accelerate that and really transform. So mind you, creators, you know, the younger generation, younger donors, they've been on, they've been donating through social media uh, and virtual platforms for years. The rest of us just now caught up. Right. Um, so I think the biggest change and the biggest difference is that we're seeing everyone using these technologies, right? Everyone moving to virtual. I think one of the most interesting things I've heard, um, you know, as we're moving out of the pandemic and more in-person events are, are coming back is with a lot of the health charities. 
so a uh, lot of them have uh, donors and survivors and people personally impacted who maybe uh, have a compromised immune system or uh, have physical disability where they could never participate in a run walk or you know attend a gala in person. The virtual aspect now allowed them to participate. Hmm. And um, so I don't see even when in-person comes back, the virtual element going away. So will it just uh, be hybrid in that case? Or do you think that, you know, will uh, primarily lean into virtual events, but, or, or will we see a return to, you know, these physical, you know, IRL experiences uh, in the future? I personally think we'll see in-person come back um, and there'll be a virtual element to it. Although some things may, you know, fundamentally be changed to virtual. Uh, you know, there, there was a lot of success. If you think about those big galas, um, I've planned many of them in my career and they cost a fortune. Uh, and so if you can do it virtually at a fraction of the cost and still achieve the same results, it, it's something worth exploring. Yeah. And, you know, is there, I'm wondering if, if people have, I don't know what the right word is, but maybe a sensitivity to or a fatigue around some of the fundraising campaigns. And to put it in context of what I mean, right? It seems like the you know the incidents of gun violence are higher than normal. We've got this ongoing global health struggle. You've got you know, this series of extreme weather events and and uh, other activities being brought on by climate change. Do people? just get so inundated with the bad news that it's easy to just throw your hands up in the air and say, I give up. You know, we've all got our fair share of problems. I don't feel equipped to give anymore. Or I just gave to that other thing. How am I supposed to give to this next thing? Or are you seeing that, you know, digital has a way of uh, make, bringing these connections together and, and allowing people to give in new ways or feel closer either to a sense of online community, whereas before maybe we only gave locally. And now there's this broader feeling of interconnectedness because of these online connections that we've established is that how are these kind of pushing and pulling forces impacting the way that people give? You know, I think I think peer-to-peer -peer fundraising, while it's been around, it, it's becoming more important in in social, you know, social media. That that's what it's all about, right? So people will still give to people, um, and I think at the end of the day, that's what makes the biggest difference. So if I care about something and I am talking about it and encouraging people to get behind it my community, you know, the people in my hemisphere and in my circle and in my orbit um, are more likely to give to that. Uh, you know, I, I think to some degree, things have shifted um, a little bit, but for the most part, you're still going to give to causes that your community cares about at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, and we saw that, right? People getting creative, especially during COVID when museums are shut down and, and you know, you're finding these uh, online exhibitions, right? Or, you know, the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry in particular, which, you know, you know well from your background, is suffering and uh, celebrated chefs and others found a way to give back or help their local restaurants. Uh, or some of those restaurants said, hey, let's mobilize and create meals for the people who, who can't afford them right now, right? So um, it's amazing to see that amidst the global struggle, we've, we've seen it almost unite people in a way, right? Bringing us closer together and having people forcing them to get creative, right? Like you said, fueling or accelerating this digital transformation that quote unquote may have been in the works, but now it's time to act, right? You, you have to actually do something about it. 
Um, I hope that that carries through. I hope that even as we hopefully emerge uh, on on another side of this pandemic, uh, ultimately that you know that spirit and that um, nature of giving, that attitude continues. Absolutely, and I think what the the pandemic was was such it was interesting for so many reasons because it affected every single one of us. Um, there's been no cause that I can think of previously that has united and impacted every single person across the world. Uh, so whether you, whether you were impacted, like I was, I lost my dad uh, to COVID back in January, um, or you were just isolated and you know not leaving your house, um, everyone was impacted in some way, shape or form. What's coming next? You know, what does the future hold? If you had to make three predictions, say, for the future of cause marketing and online giving, what does it look like? Gosh, I think more charities will be looking to to this space. Um, we saw, I think, pre-pandemic, Tiltify had about a thousand charities on the platform. Um, we are pushing four thousand now um, this year, and continue to get about twenty to thirty new charities reaching out every week. Um, you know, wanting to do that. So I think more charities are going to do that. I think charities are also going to start consolidating their programs, right? Um, and making, you know, like we talked about earlier, having more, more virtual um, offerings as part of all of the programs that they do. I think we've also touched on, on brands. You know, I think more and more brands are going to get into this space. Um, the one thing I'm starting to see an uptick in trend in is um, employee campaigns. So obviously my background at United Way did a lot of work with employee campaigns, but when the pandemic hit, um, that was one where people had to get creative. Um, and so we're seeing uh, live stream fundraising being considered a virtual volunteer option. Um, you know, for employees and being counted as such. We're seeing uh, employee resource groups, you know, coming together and doing more virtual uh, online fundraising. So from an employee engagement standpoint, I think that's kind of the missing piece um, as far as the way companies show up. And then let's see, the third one I would say is probably in the content creator space. So a uh, lot of your uh, content creators are starting to reach the level and influence of your mainstream celebrities. Um, I think of this because I just saw that Under Armour signed um, one of the esports athletes from FaZe Clan um, to sponsorship. And so, you know, that that's a first, um, or at least the first I've heard of. So I think um, we're seeing that space grow as well. Yeah, you have all these various stakeholders, right? The creator space, uh, brand partnerships, uh, in, in these you know, employee giving campaigns. I'm curious if you also interact with government, right? How does this cross over to the public sector? One example that's always been really close to my heart is um, living in Los Angeles, the homeless capital of the United States. I volunteered at HomeWalk every year, which the United Way puts together. And uh, it's an amazing opportunity to you know, do this 5K walk or as a volunteer to support it, to raise so much money to try and transition people into permanent housing. And, and that's an incredible part of the solution to this massive problem. But it feels like there's also policy impacts, there's you know, a governmental piece of the equation as well. So how do organizations, either based on your experience working directly in nonprofits or now what the work that you do at Tiltify, how does this overlap with government and how do you build bridges and ensure good partnerships together? I think you have to be working with government. Like advocacy has, as far as the charity side, advocacy has to be part of your effort, even on the brand side and the company side. Um, 
homelessness specifically is a very, very complex issue. Um, you can't solve homelessness just by giving someone a house, right? You have to really start to address all of the things that have happened to get to the get to a person to a place where they don't have a home. Um, and so you really have to kind of go back and start to look at those and everything's not the same. Uh, so without having partners in government, without having, you know, the city, the state, um, you know, the federal government behind it, um, really helping to shape those policies, you're not gonna get very far. Um, so there, it, it is really important. And I think um, both charities and companies um, have government relations departments. And so one thing we did with United Way is we had a ton of corporate partners. And so we would partner with them on our advocacy efforts, um, especially if they had strong ties because we're better together, right? The more voices you can get around a certain issue driving change, the better. So, uh, you know, definitely see a big role for, for government here and, um, certainly rallying your employees and your consumers and your donors and all of those folks behind it um, is, is really critical as well. What does the future hold for Tiltify? What are some of the things you're working on now that you're most excited about? Oh, uh, I think we're really thinking a lot about the corporate space. Uh, so it ties with kind of my predictions. And you think for us, we're, we're also thinking through where are the other online communities we haven't tapped into? Um, there are a lot of online communities that live beyond uh, Twitch and YouTube and TikTok. Um, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a sports mom, right? So I have two teenage kids, they both play sports. Um, we fundraise, you know, so is that a space we wanna dip into? Is, uh, you know, music, so many, you know, concerts are being live streamed and fitness, you know, you've got Peloton just announced they're getting into gaming. And, um, you know, so I think for us, it's just where, what makes the most sense and, and what strategic partners essentially can we align with to, to build the next iteration of our company. Very good, looking forward to that. Now, Larissa, one of my favorite questions to ask everyone who comes on the show, and you're gonna have an interesting perspective on this, kind of coming at it from a different angle, but um, since so much of the audience is entrepreneurs, I like to ask people, if you were gonna go out and start a business in this digital media ecosystem today, knowing everything you know, everything you've learned throughout your journey, what would you do? I think the funny thing about that question is I probably wouldn't. Um... <laughs> I'm not, not an, an entrepreneurial spirit necessarily. No, no, I will run your company for you, <laughs> but I don't want the responsibility of uh, starting it myself. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what the next thing is. Uh, I think that's a hard question to answer, but I do think the charity aspect and the ability to give and how people are giving and you know, giving folks the ability to make a difference in the world is so important. So no matter what company I would start, it would have a very strong connection to charity and social impact. Amazing, yeah. And, and that's totally a great answer, by the way. Not everyone needs to start a business, but um, it is interesting to, to think about the fact that you know, corporate responsibility is changing. And, and I think we feel that particularly from kind of the younger generations. Uh, so you have now kind of these concepts of a B corporation or you know, uh, corporate charters with social good or some sort of corporate responsibility mandates built in. Uh, is that something that, you know, uh, tiltify espouses or that you've seen other companies embrace or that, you know, through your nonprofit work, you're seeing a broader trend towards uh, that kind of baked into the DNA of future corporations? 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of the newer tech companies, it, it, it's interesting because at United Way, I worked with very traditional, old, long time uh, Fortune 500 companies, and then was working with companies like Airbnb and DoorDash and Lyft, who in their infancy were talking about what is our social impact strategy. And so I think it's really important to build that into who you are. And when you're designing your company, to think through what difference do I want to make in the world? And, and also, what is my superpower, right? What is, my, what is the unique positioning that I can bring to the table that I can utilize to make a difference? And so, um, you know, we think a lot about that at, at Tiltify um, as well. And, you know, obviously it's baked into who we are. Um, that's essentially what we do. At the end of the day, we're trying to raise as much money as we can to drive a difference in the world. Um, but, you know, it, it's not as easy to, to identify that with some other companies. So to anyone listening, absolutely. Um, if you're not thinking about that, you should be thinking about that. Larissa, where can people find out more about you and more about Tiltify? Uh, best place to find out more about me is on LinkedIn. Uh, so Larissa Ryden on LinkedIn. And then uh, Tiltify is tiltify.com. Well, thank you. This has been awesome. I encourage everyone out there to go out and, and you know, check out some of the amazing campaigns that Tiltify is behind and the work that them and their corporate sponsors and brand partners are doing. Uh, it's amazing, right? And, and it's, it's super powerful to see the impact that these new platforms and new technologies are having and the, these voices of these creators, right? These independent creatives can now make a living doing what they love, but they can also take that audience and that power that they've built and put it towards a good cause, right? To raise awareness, do advocacy work, create, you know, raise money, and and have that go towards a good cause. And everybody, you know, at the, you know, it's certainly something that's paramount right now. So we, I applaud, you know, the things that that you and Tiltify are up to, and I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story. Awesome, thank you so much, James. It's been a lot of fun, and I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. I'm James Creech, and this has been another edition of All Things Video. If you like what you hear, we hope you'll share and subscribe for new episodes. See you next time.